Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Today is Thursday. It is the 15th of February. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Senate Republicans are offering their own alternative to Governor Kim Reynolds' proposed overhaul of Iowa's nine area education agencies. Under an amended bill passed by the Senate Education Committee last night, 10% of a school district's special education funding would pass directly to their AEA. The district would control the remaining 90% and could use it to buy special ed services from the AEA or a different provider. Republican Senator Lynn Evans of Aurelia says the guaranteed funding provides a safety net for the AEA system. So everything that's being provided by the AEAs will continue to be provided by the AEAs. And we have reestablished funding that the governor stripped out. Media services that the governor would have cut are fully funded in the Senate bill. The money is split with 60% controlled by the district, the rest going to the AEA. Democrats on the committee said dividing the funds that way would make budget decisions more difficult for both the AEAs and the school districts. Earlier yesterday, the House unveiled its proposal for the state's AEAs, making major changes to the governor's proposed overhaul. IPR's Grant Gerlach reports House leaders plan to advance their bill ahead of this week's legislative deadline. A core piece of Governor Reynolds' overhaul was to give school districts a choice of who to hire for special ed services, their AEA or someone else. In the House plan, even though the money stops at school districts first, their only choice is to spend special education funding with their local AEA. But that's not the case for other services. Speaker Pat Grassley says over the course of three years, the bill would allow districts to branch out for education and media services. The media money stays in the system, so there'll be no money, less money going in to the education, this education system. But the school districts will have flexibility when it comes to media services. The House bill would also limit the salaries for AEA chief administrators to an average of what the superintendents within their region are earning. A bill creating standards for arming school employees has made it past a legislative deadline. The proposal passed on the House Public Safety Committee creates a permit for school staff who carry weapons in school buildings. They would have to pass an annual background check and go through training. Committee Chair Representative Phil Thompson of Boone says the bill is a response to events like the deadly school shooting in Perry last month. You know, at the end of the day, the response time in a desperate situation like this really is everything. And so we need to give districts and staff the tools they need to protect our children and to protect themselves. The bill grants qualified immunity to school districts that allow teachers to carry guns. That's a response to insurance companies that have threatened to drop coverage for districts that tried to do it in the past. Democratic Representative Beth wessel Crushell of Ames says lawmakers should have concerns if insurance companies think that teachers carrying guns is too risky. Governor Kim Reynolds' bill to merge and eliminate 40 percent of the state's boards and commissions has advanced in the Iowa Senate. IPR's Katarina Stark reports the House is moving ahead with parts of the governor's bill. Reynolds' bill was met with a lot of opposition at a subcommittee hearing Wednesday from Iowans who don't want the licensing boards that oversee their professions to be merged with other professions. Cassie Sampson with the American Massage Therapy Association of Iowa says the current licensing board helps to ensure human traffickers don't get a massage therapy license. By diluting the resources and expertise of the board, allowing only one massage therapist to sit on the merged board, it will become easier for traffickers to slip 
slip through the cracks. Tyler Rager with Americans for Prosperity supports the bill, saying licensure is often a burden. There's multiple studies and stats that show you that we rank high when it comes to the percentage of Iowans that are required to get a permission slip to work. House lawmakers advanced their own bipartisan version of the bill Wednesday that eliminates several boards but doesn't change professional licensing. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. These days, there's an app for everything. Now there's an app for everything you love about Iowa Public Radio. Local newscasts and stories from the voices you trust, your favorite public radio shows and podcasts, plus the music to soundtrack your day. You can have it all in the IPR app. Find it in app stores or at IPR.org app. Wind and solar project are popping up in more places across the Midwest, and so is opposition. Several counties and cities in Iowa and elsewhere in the region have restricted the construction of big wind turbines and solar panels. But as Harvest Public Media's Jim Meadows reports, Illinois and Michigan recently passed laws making it hard for local governments to say no to green projects. The farmland out where Jerry Edwards lives in northern Piatt County, Illinois, is flat enough that he can point a mile to the north where a wind farm will soon be installed. There will be a tower the size of the gateway arch back this way in where the cover crop is. And then in the field just east of it, I mean, we can walk out to the road and see, there will be a, a second. The Piatt County Board voted down the project in March of last year. Then, seven months later, they approved it. Edwards, who was the county board's vice chairman, voted no both times. He says other board members changed their no votes to yes because of a new Illinois law. It set statewide standards for wind and solar projects. In Piatt County, officials worried saying no to this wind farm could lead to a costly legal battle. In a nutshell, the governor, the Speaker of the House, and the head of the Senate basically had a gun held to their head saying, you are going to vote for this or else you subject the county to lawsuits that would break the county. Opponents of the wind farm say they're eyesores, create noise and light problems, as well as potential environmental issues once the turbines wear out. But the state of Illinois needs more wind farms and solar farms to meet its goal of 100% clean energy by 2050. That's according to the Northern Illinois University law professor Sarah Fox, whose specialty is environmental law and land use. If you have local governments around the state unwilling to commit to wind and solar and other things, then Illinois is not going to be able to get to those renewable energy goals that it has set. Wind and solar farms are built on sites leased by willing landowners. But local opposition has been growing year by year, according to the Sabin Center for Climate Change Law at Columbia University in New York. It counted nearly 300 projects that have faced serious opposition across the U.S. as of last year and more than 220 local governments and six states that either restrict or ban them outright. Matthew Isensen authored the center's report last year. I think this is largely due to the fact that developers are proposing projects in new areas and the local restrictions are often 
a reaction to you know a specific project proposal. In Michigan, voters in several townships in Montcalm County not only rejected projects, but recalled township officials who supported them. Then, last November, the governor signed Michigan's Clean Energy Future Package into law. It includes limits on townships' ability to say no to wind and solar projects. Supporters say that's a good move for the state's environment and economy. But there's an effort in Michigan to overturn those limits through a state referendum. Retired school teacher Norm Stevens is gathering signatures. The state's plans of 100% renewable energy and takeover of local control of that zoning is a classic case of government overreach, and they aren't realistic, and nor are they achievable. Despite pushback, the number of U.S. wind and solar facilities has grown as costs have fallen. Jeff Danielson is with the Clean Grid Alliance, which advocates for renewable energy in the Midwest. He says acceptance of green projects will come in time. But it will come with some discussion, some conflict, and a reconciling of of folks' preferences along the way. We should embrace that because we get to do it in a democratic setting, and that, I think, should be everybody's goal. But in rural areas of Illinois and Michigan, some residents resent that state law is overriding local authority over wind and solar farms. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Jim Meadows. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and the Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. And that's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.